candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your hostess with the mostest when it comes to weed and hash. I'm Dr. Dina, and today we have Al Harrington. That's right. We've got an NBA superstar on Cannabis Confidential. Al is not just an NBA superstar. You see, he played for the Indiana Pacers, the Atlanta Hawks, Golden State Warriors, New York Knicks, Denver Nuggets, Orlando Magic, and the Washington Wizards. And now he is spending his time changing the, the whole ground of the cannabis industry with his new company, not so new, Viola Extracts, named after his grandmother. And Al, I just love that you named it after your grandma. So I'm so happy yeah. to have you here. Let's talk uh, you know, about uh, you and the cannabis industry. Yeah, it's been uh, you know, a long way. Um, you know, obviously, I started back in 2011 when I first started looking at the space seriously. Um, I made my first investment in 2012, and you know, ever since then, we just kind of hit the ground running. You know, now we're a multi-state operator, operating in four states: California, Colorado, Oregon, and Michigan. Um, we're applying for a bunch of the new states on the East Coast. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to build a, you know, uh, uh, international brand eventually. But, you know, we're trying to dominate our background, our backyard first. I love that. In fact, I have tried your flowers and your your concentrates and your vape pens, and they are delightful. Stephanie brought me over a, a really nice goodie bag uh, to my shop in West Hollywood. And I was really impressed with not only the quality of your product, but the quality of the packaging. It's clean. It's not like an overly overt celebrity brand, but I love that you've made it the name of your grandmother that because she, she's gone through, uh, was it diabetes and glaucoma? Yeah, so I wanted to just thank you for, you know, obviously your support and, you know, you carrying Viola, you know, in your shop. And, you know, for us, you know, we wanted to make sure that when it came down people trying the product and stuff that every time that they tried it, it was an experience. So we knew that, you know, started from the package, from when they saw the package to the quality of the products. And that's something that we really, you know, hang our hat on. You know, it's a company moniker is that if it's not good enough for Grandma Viola to try, we don't want to put it on markets and we don't want to put it on shelves. So, you know, um, that's something that's very important to us, making sure that every time someone, you know, grabs a Viola package, no matter what it is, from flour to vapes to, you know, soon to be edibles, you know, we want people to have a great experience so that, that, you know, we can eventually start to get some of that customer loyalty. You know, it's really amazing that I was recently, we have a store in Portland now, and I was out visiting other shops and I saw your brand. And of course, I I didn't recognize some of the other brands there because I'm mostly located in California and Los Angeles, but I saw yours. And so that's what I chose to pick up. And it was just as good in Oregon that it was in California. Right. And that's something that we take up, we take pride in, you know, is trying to be very consistent. And, you know, what's amazing about that product compared to our product in California is that that's outdoor product. 
you know, but exactly. you know, our processes and the way that we actually, you know, do our extraction process and the way we, you know, the whole process from, you know, how we, when we cut it down to how fast we get it into the freezers, you know, to the, you know, to the extraction process, you know, it's exactly the same, you know, state by state so that we can eventually, you know, create products that are very consistent like that. And that's very, I'm very happy to hear that, you know, that, you know, the product that you tried in Oregon, even though it was outdoor material, that it was that good. Yeah, and you know what's interesting? The one big difference was the price, right? The right. pricing <laughs> is so different state to state. And for those of you who are listening who have never been to a cannabis state, in California we have a lot of taxes. Uh, we don't have as much product as a state like Oregon and in Portland, they are selling product for. Um, let's see, we have jars of weed for sale of, at three dollars a gram. Where in LA it would be fifteen dollars, right? Correct. And Correct. So I I actually bought a gram of Viola sauce, which I was very happy with, um, and it cost me sixteen dollars in Oregon. Right. Right. And, and I was like. I think I, I was putting it on my Instagram for an hour because I couldn't believe that I'm like, I should, I should move to Portland because this is amazing. Right. Get fire for $16 a gram. The same thing in, in California would be like 80, probably $80, right? Correct. You know, and that's, and like you said, I mean, that's just dependent on the market, right? So as we know, you know, um, Oregon has been commoditized by the plant. You know, there's a million pounds of surplus product there. So, you know, we have farmers and, you know, companies that are just wholesaling product at, you know, very, very low prices. So as you as a brand, you have to be able to go out and be able to compete against that. So we were there, we had to drop our prices. But, you know, that product that you did try, like you said, is definitely worth more than 16 bucks. But at the end of the day, you know, we have to, you know, we have to compete within that state, you know. But in California, where there's not as much surplus and different things like that, you know, there's actually a scarcity in California. You know, prices are, you know, allowed to charge a little bit more in states like California. So, um, that is something that is, you know, very unique to the different states that you're in. You know, just like even like Michigan. Michigan pricing is almost like California pricing. You know, Colorado, right. Well, supply and right demand. I mean, Oregon really, they did things a little backwards. They gave out all the cultivation licenses first, and there was no retail. Right. So all these people were ready with product, and there was no one to sell it to. And, yeah, you're going to have a surplus. And it's crazy to see how much cannabis is out there that's available that's just sitting around. I mean – getting old yeah it's amazing and like you said i mean that's what like the contract you know uh the manufacturers you know they should make a field day at some point you know once they can find out find a way to work out favorable terms with the farmers out there you know definitely and it always makes me so sad to think about all these people who used to get compassion uh because that was really before all the the adult use laws kicked in as a medical uh, dispensary you it was sort of like the unwritten rule is that if someone came in and they didn't have money and they were sick, they would ask for compassion and you would give it to them. Sort of like I've noticed a similar vibe at a Grateful Dead concert where people are sticking one finger in the air asking for one miracle, one ticket. And it's like the thing. You just give someone a ticket, you know, and that was what we used to do. And now we can't do any of that. And we have a giant uh, a container at our store filled with cannabis that needs to be destroyed because it's expired, which we wow. all know is perfectly fine cannabis. Um, and now it's going to be burned and destroyed and it can't be given away for free. So are there any uh, uh, programs you guys are working on to help people get compassion? 
Yes, I, I'm drawing a blank on the uh, company's name right now that I actually supported. Uh, so, I'm so sorry. I'm sad you was talking to me. I was trying to think of the name of the group. But I am working with one, um, you know, compassionate group um, that's based out of uh, California um, that, you know, we've actually just been trying to raise awareness and trying to get the laws changed like you're talking about right now that we can still give compassion because, you know, like you said, you know, until, you know, insurance is available, it's expensive for people to buy cannabis in a state like California, especially if they're sick and they don't have jobs and stuff like that. So it's something that we really have to take a look at and, you know, reach out to our lawmakers and have them put that in there because that's something that we know is a huge need, you know, within our communities and these people need to have access, especially if the producers are willing to give it. You know, it's not like you're forcing the producers. The producers are willing to give compassion, so we need to figure that out. Absolutely. That is incredible. Um, now, I recently saw a picture of you at the New York Stock Exchange, which was pretty fancy, I must say. <laughs> what were you doing yeah, over out, there? I went out there. I, yeah, I went out there a couple months ago to uh, do this show called Cheddar TV. And pretty much what they do is they just highlight different industries and different business owners, uh, people that are out here, you know, trying to make a change and, and, and you know, pretty much being disruptive in their in their industries. So since I was there, after I did my interview, you know, the table was right there and I could look like I just rang the bell. So I went for it. I <laughs> love day, it. You know, I love it. You got to see the day. Be, right. One day Viola will be publicly traded and I will be up there for real with my team. So it's going to come sooner than later, I think. I think so too. It's everything's moving at a light speed right now, and it's really exciting to have people like you in the industry uh, because I know that you really do care about the plant and helping people. And it really, I think, just looking at how you named your your company after your grandmother, that shows that you you understand what the plant had had a use for. It's not just getting high. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know, people try to compare me as being a celebrity brand. I'm not a celebrity brand. You know, I just, you know, this is my grandmother's brand, and I just so happen to be an advocate, you know, trying to push the good news and trying to push and let people know how amazing this plant really is. And, you know, we've done had a, we've had a good run at it, and we've been breaking down barriers. You know, her story being, you know, someone that was 80 years old, uh, one person that, a person that was, super into church and I tell people all the time like if my grandmother's not going to heaven we're all going to hell for sure you know and for her to be open-minded enough to actually try cannabis and it work you know to me spoke speaks volumes to a lot of people and you know even when I talk to a lot of you know when I go into neighborhoods you know where I'm from or people that I you know relate to church leaders and different things like that you know when I tell them her story you know, it allows them to, one, you know, take their defense mechanism down and kind of be open to the conversation at that point. And then I talk to them about how kids, you know, people always think that PTSD, you only get PTSD when you go to the Army. And it's like, no, you get PTSD watching, you know, your, your, your dad beat your mom up every day or, you know, a friend of yours in school, you're standing right next to him and he gets shot. You know, different things. There's so many different things that... I, I have PTSD, PTSD from being raided by the federal government. Right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, PTSD but, but you is real. You know real. what I mean? So it's just, it's just people don't know. It's just like, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially people in the black community, like the one thing that we hate doing is going to the doctor. It can seem like every time we go to the doctor, it's always bad news. 
So a lot of times we're not even diagnosed with a lot of the issues that we have. You know, we just always we, we make ourselves our own doctors and like, oh, this is what's wrong with this kid or that's what's wrong with him. And it's not knowing like, you know, maybe this kid is really going through something and actually cannabis is actually helping him cope. And cannabis is probably stopping him from going out and hurting someone. You know, Absolutely. So it's really, funny you really said that because Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg gave me the nickname Dr. Dina like 15 years ago. And mm-hmm. the more time I've, you know, I've, I've known him for since I was, I was 15, so probably 30 years. And I, I think it, it, what you said about black people don't like going to the doctor. I, that's why Snoop would rather call me when there's a problem because he doesn't like call, calling doctors. And he made me his doctor because he feels like cannabis is what's going to help people. And he always refers friends to me that are sick. And a lot of the time they're really famous and they're black and they're not going to the doctor. And I just right. lost one of my closest friends who at 51 years old, he's black. He had a high blood pressure. He was not going to the doctor and he passed away. And so it really, that, that's something that's really important to me uh, to get education out. It, to be able to discuss this with doctors is really important. And I think that with the laws changing, people are more comfortable now going to see a doctor and mentioning cannabis because before, we don't know if they're gonna call the cops on you and throw you in jail. So times really are changing, but we have to actually run to a quick commercial break. We come back, we're gonna talk more about this because it's so interesting and find out more what it was like to be uh, raised in New Jersey and see the difference in cannabis uh, over time. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back with Al Harrington. Viola Extract. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. All right, Al. So we were discussing uh, not wanting to go to the doctor, which is something that a lot of Americans are dealing with and a lot of people don't realize that if you just go to the doctor once a year and get some blood work it helps the doctors compare your levels and see what's going on so we can you know a little preventative medicine won't hurt right it won't hurt at all 
But it's funny, like, I mean, even though I'm sitting here preaching going to the doctor, I don't like going to the doctor. You know what well, I'm no saying? Well, no one likes going, going to the doctor. doctor. Yeah, he told me I was pre-diabetic. I'm like, what? But, of course, once he told me that, what I do, I just stop eating as much candy. Now, I think I'm fine, but I haven't been back <laughs> to make sure, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's a huge issue. But, you know, cannabis is just very unique just in general. You know, one of the things that our company, you know, starting in 2020, you know, one of the purposes for us is that we're going to start giving, you know, certain parts of our proceeds back to, you know, rebuilding, you know, the black community, you know, especially with the way that the war on drugs destroyed it. And, you know, the one problem that I do have is that, you know, as, as, as cannabis companies and dispensaries keep popping up, uh, either in these neighborhoods or really close to these neighborhoods, and, you know, the fathers, brothers, uncles are still locked up is just something that I have a huge issue with. And I think that we have to figure out a way to include the black community and minorities, you know, so that this new trillion-dollar industry, that we could actually use these funds to actually rebuild our communities. So that's something agreed, that I'm really, Agreed, agreed. You know, and unfortunately, the state is the one taking out. most of these funds. But if these companies can, can all rally together and really help make a difference, I think that we can really help our mm -hmm. communities. And I know that, you know, for one, we do social equity training. So we work with Bonita Money, and Bonita brings different people who are hopefully going to get a social equity license in the future. And we train them in our store so that when they get that license, they know how to operate a dispensary. And I think it's something you, you can't forget is that I'm a, I'm a little white girl. I, I've dealt with white privilege. I've driven uh, in the valley, got pulled over for running a stop sign. I had an eighth of weed in my lap when I was 20 years old. And it was a black cop that actually looked at me. He saw my weed and he said, honey, you better put that away before my partner sees it. Okay. But if I was in a different neighborhood and my skin was darker, I probably would have gone to jail. And I knew that. And that's why for me, you know, I started a nonprofit called Freedom Grow and we raise money and we put it on the books of people that are in jail for pot. And it's so sad when you look at how many people are in jail for cannabis that are you know, not white. I mean, there's very few white people. You have a couple like the top, uh, uh, you know, the, the big fish that are in federal prison that we advocate for. But on the lower end, in the state end, it's all black people that are going to jail for cannabis. Correct. 85% of, you know, drug arrests in the black community is all cannabis related. So the numbers don't lie. You know what I mean? It was like it was almost they were policing us specifically, you know, for for cannabis. So, you know, the thing is that we have to figure out a way to, you know, include our communities. And it's not only just through giving back, just giving in, in jobs. Like, we need to figure out a way to give minorities ownership in the cannabis space. You know, we should be able to go out and compete with these conglomerate companies because, to me, you know, they're only three, four years old. You know, it's not like an industry that we're getting in where, you know, they have a 20, 30, 40, 50, 100-year uh, Absolutely. You know, and it's we're still all very, fresh. It's still very early. So, you know... We need to figure out a way to get um, diversity and get ownership so that we can go out and compete. And one of the ways of doing that, and, and this is something that a lot of people aren't aware of, and so you have to apply to get a license. And as you know, Al, getting these licenses is not easy, right? Right. Correct. I mean, you, it's Very like you difficult. have to really be on the on your level and, and on the top of your game, have everything, all your ducks in a row to get these licenses. And we've all been lucky enough to get licenses and, and all over, but most people are not going to. Now, 
I have applied for several social equity licenses with people that have will qualify that have been arrested for cannabis in the past. They're black. They live in a bad neighborhood. So, so they will get 51% of a social equity license. But even that's not enough because there's only going to be so many social equity licenses. And look at how many people have suffered at the hands of the, the government. So there are people like you, for example, that have manufacturing licenses or cultivation licenses. People can partner up with people like us who have these licenses and bring a brand that we can manufacture for you that you won't actually have to hold the license, but you can hold uh, the trademark and the IP for. So there are ways of getting into the cannabis space still. And that's what I'm trying to work with a lot of my friends who were unable to get a license. But there's we got to right. still keep them in the space, right? Exactly. So it's incub- So it's almost like incubating slash white labeling. And exactly. That, and that's definitely a way. That's definitely a way that you know that we can create ownership and give people access to the market without actually going through you know the process of getting the license. Because you know you look at the east 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 coast states. Like you know to be able to apply in New Jersey last round, you need to show you know anywhere from fifteen to twenty million dollars in the bank working capital. And I am a black man, obviously, and I don't know too many people I can just go to, you know, and, and put uh, news flash Al, um, I'm a white girl from the valley. <laughs> I don't know that many people I can hit up to sign that paper. Right. So you know, so you just put it in perspective like that. You know, New, a New York license it'll probably cost us, you know, three and a half million dollars just to submit that application. You know, what I mean, that's how competitive it is. So, but then they, you have you to know, give up so much of it to these people that are going to help you, you know, qualify. Exactly, and especially if you especially if you have no experience, you can forget about it. You know, at least people like us, you know, we we have experience and we, you know, we have a track record that that we can demand a certain amount of equity. You know, because of that. You know, but when people are just starting from scratch, you can forget about it. You know what I mean? So, we have to, like you say, create these incubator programs and just really stay tapped into the community as we continue to build out and not forget those people. That's right. And if you're listening and you couldn't get a license and you want to get involved, there's no excuse, right? You got to seize the day, make your future yourself, start building a brand, start building. And I always tell everybody a lifestyle brand because that's what I, I look at your brand and that's a lifestyle brand. That's not just brand. That's something Correct. that like, you know, I have your hat and I rock it all the time and people compliment me on your hat. So right. <laughs> It's a lifestyle brand. So create a lifestyle brand. And then once it's so cool, there's going to be people like Al and myself. They're going to look at that and go, we want part of that. Let's make it happen. So there's no excuses. No, there's no excuses at all. And like you said, yeah, building a lifestyle brand for me, for our company was huge because we felt that by making it a lifestyle brand, we, 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 mostly, we humanized the plant. You know, we make it part of our everyday, what we do. It just so happened that, you know, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a business owner, uh, brother, son, I take care of my business every single day. I'm growing businesses, and I use cannabis. And that's the narrative that people need to understand is that that stigma of that, you know, that we we're so used to is that if you smoke cannabis, you won't leave the couch, and you're not productive, and you're not motivated. That's a thing of the past, and that's not true. You know, I know some people that are they're at their best, you know, when they actually have cannabis, you know, flowing through their veins. <laughs> It actually makes me feel a little uncomfortable when I meet people in the cannabis space with licenses and they don't smoke weed. Yeah, that's very weird to me. Right? It's like, are you a narc? I mean, I'm still in that world of like, you know, I've been doing this since 2003, had a store. I always assumed if you're not a smoker, you're a narc. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see who's, who's getting involved. What was your experience with cannabis? When did you first discover it? 
So when I was a kid, you know, I used to always see, you know, people using, you know, around the neighborhoods and, you know, my aunts and uncles used to use cannabis and I can remember, you know, that not being a positive situation in the house. I remember my grandmother kicking them out the house for coming in the house smelling like, as she called it, reefer back then. <laughs> uh, when I got to... This is Viola uh, kicking them out? This is Viola. Yeah, this is That's Viola. That's great. Yeah. It's even better. Okay. <laughs> Viola and Betty, actually. And, you know, I remember, you know, being, you know, the D.A.R.E. the dare movement and different things like that. So I was always just afraid of cannabis because they taught me to be afraid of it, even going to church, you know, hearing about all the bad effects of drugs because they grouped every drug as the same, you know. Then when I Absolutely. got to the NBA was the first time that I realized that cannabis wasn't as bad as they were saying because as a rookie, I seen teammates of mine that actually used cannabis every single day. And they were some of the better players on my team. They went out, they got minutes every night, they competed at a high level. You know, they was always they they was always healthy. And you know, I didn't realize at that point that it was you know that cannabis probably had something to do with it. But I just was it, it allowed me to change my mindset of thinking that it was so, such a, so bad as everybody had been teaching me. But when I got to the to Denver and, and signed a contract with the Nuggets is in 2010. In 2009, their medical program had just went legal. So it was always something in the newspaper talking about the benefits of cannabis, Charlotte's Web, all these different things. Yeah. So I was always kind of reading in front of the newspaper and kind of educating myself and preparing myself for a moment. And the moment happened when actually well, my grandmother at the end of my first season there came to see me play. And for her coming there was a miracle just in general because, you know, she's so old school. She only likes to either drive, train, or bus. But I was able to convince her to get on a plane and fly from Fayetteville, North Carolina, to Denver, Colorado, to see me. So when she got there, she was, you know, um, you know, I put her bags away. She told me to bring her box back up. I bought it up. She started taking all this medication. And, you know, me and I don't see her all the time. I'm just like, Grandma, what's going on? Why are you taking so much medication? And pretty much she was dealing with every pretty much illness or diagnosis Aww. that, a, a, you know, an 80-year-old black woman would go through. And it was high blood pressure, diabetes, glaucoma, gout, a little bit of everything. And when she said glaucoma, I was telling her about the benefits of it that I was reading like two days before. So finally, when I finally, you know, convinced her, not to convince her, but tell her everything, she finally said, well, what is cannabis? Because I kept calling it cannabis. And I was like, marijuana weed. And she was like, reefer? She's like, boy, get out of my face. She's kind of looking like, you have wasted my time for the last 10 minutes telling me about this cannabis and it's reefer the whole time? So she told me no. So the next day she was in pain again. And I was like, you know, Grandma, look, let's just try it. I said, it'll be our secret. Won't nobody know. She said, I'm in so much pain today, I'll try anything. So I called my boy who had a medical card. He came back with Vietnam Kush, vaporized it for, had her try it. I took her downstairs. I went and took a nap because I had a game this day. So I woke up an hour and a half later, and I went to go check on her. So I go downstairs and, you know, kind of with a smirk on my face, not knowing what to expect. And when I knock on the door, I poke my head through the door, and her back was to the door, and she was looking down. And I said, Grandma, how you feeling? And she turned around, and she was crying tears. And she was like, I'm healed. She's like, you know, I haven't been able to read the words of my Bible in over three years. And at that moment, everything changed for me because then at that point, I was a firm believer that it was medicinal. I started educating myself, you know, reading up on, you know, kids with epilepsy and people helping people with quality of life with HIV and cancer and stuff like that. And, you know, I just wanted to be part of change and I wanted to be a part of something that would be eventually be bigger than me. And, you know, this is something that we're working on, all of us right now. Like, we're pioneers. There should be history books written around what we're actually doing for this space. Because at some point they're going to recognize that, you know, they demonized something that was that God really put here for us to use. And that was something that, that is true medicine, natural medicine. 
That's right. We're on the right side of history. We have to make take a quick commercial break. We're going to be right back to finish up this thought because that was such a special story. And thank you for sharing that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Cannabis Confidential and Al Harrington. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. So you, your grandmother was crying tears of joy. I mean, wh- what were you thinking? I mean, you you made a miracle happen for grandma. I mean, I <laughs> I didn't know what to think. I mean, I, I literally I walked in the room and I'm soft. So when I see family members cry, they make me cry. So I literally went and hugged her. Me and her both were sitting down there crying. And she was just, you know, as in the words of people how they talk in church, she was confessing. And she was just like, I can't <laughs> believe this. Everything is so bright. Like, you know, she's like, I'm healed, you know. And, you know, it really just inspired me to learn more. And, uh, you know, pretty much a year later, I made my first investment into a, you know, a 12,000-square-foot grow in, uh, in, in Colorado. And we've been off to the races since. So you got in way before the big boom that everyone else is jumping in now. And I love the fact that you did research and that you actually really understood the fact that cannabis could be so helpful. I mean, there's even studies now about THCV um, and how it's really helpful for diabetics. I mean, that, that's something we didn't even know about five years ago. Uh, so there's just there's just so much out there. It's it's so so incredible. And I, I really like that you're true uh, when with your product. You stick with like the traditional strain names. You don't go with like you know, uh, uh, sleepy or, you know, pain. Right. <laughs> because yeah, we didn't, we didn't because everything's different for everyone, you know? I, think you know? That, I, I just think that these strains, like, I mean, they've been a long, around a long time, right? And they've been doing a lot of good. So I almost feel like, you know, we got to give respect to the plant, you know, and the people, exactly. you know, the people that actually created these strains, if that's what they named them. You know, we have one strain that is, you know, very, very popular within our company, and everybody was against the name, but it's called Meat Breath. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, we've had some names that people were, like, horrified by. I'm like, I didn't name it that. Right. That's what the grower did. Exactly. 
But the guy that did it, he put a lot of time and energy and effort into it. So if I want to go and name strains for myself, then I need to go out and breed my own strains, which we're doing as well. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, we I, I try to respect I try to respect the plant and the industry as much as I can as I continue to build. And I just feel like, you know, they're, you know, everybody's going after the can of curious, right? And obviously they're very important, you know, super important, you know, especially as we, as we bring these new people in and making sure they have good experience so that they continue to try more and more products, right? But at the same time, this industry has been here for a very long time before us, and there was people that have been, you know, putting their their freedom at risk to be able to obtain it, to distribute it and everything else. So for me, I try to stay true to them as much as I can. And I feel like if you do good by them, you know, it just everything will take care of itself. Well, that is uh, why you're my weed warrior of the week. And uh, this is so, so incredible talking to you and, and hearing your stories and really, you know, getting a sense of why you got involved in the industry. And it's really, it's, it's it's your true. It's true to the plant, and and I love that about you. And so I'm I'm so thrilled to have you on board in this industry because for so many years we were just a, a ragtag group, and people weren't taking us serious, and we weren't we didn't have a. a very large voices in the industry and now we do have large voices and uh very tall ones too how tall are you out right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have to stand up we have to do this together and um like i said you know i work hard you know uh just because number one i'm a hard worker just in general but like i said the people that i try to impress are the people like yourself you know the people that have been doing this way before me that really put themselves out there and, you know, I'm trying to, you know, uh, be a voice for you guys. And and so far the support has been unreal. And, you know, just we just got to keep fighting and keep pushing and keep coming together and spreading the good news. That's right. Because we have to remind everyone that cannabis is not just a commodity. It's a movement. So we have to keep fighting for that plant. We have to be her voice. We have to give back to those who suffered at the hands of these terrible drug laws. And let's not forget what we've all had to endure to get here because it has really been quite, quite a ride. And so we need to respect the people that paved the way for us all. Um, and I just want to thank you again, Al, for spending some time with us today. It's really been incredible. Where can people find more information about you and Viola? Um, you can go to our website. It's violabrands.com. And then you can check us out on Instagram at viola.lifestyle. Or you can find, follow me at Al Harrington 3. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again for my lovely goodie bag that I've been trying. I'm starting a cooking show with my girlfriend, and we're actually going to be using your products in our first episode. So we're uh, very excited. Oh, yeah. I just oh, have to awesome. stop myself from smoking it. at all before we film. Right. <laughs> Take your time, <laughs> ladies. Take your time. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you on today, and we can't wait to see you and hang out in the future. And let's get together and figure out ways that we can help uh, social equity participants uh, and uh, people that are in jail for cannabis. All right, perfect. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Everyone, go check out Al. Make sure you give this episode five stars, thumbs up, share it with your friends, post it on social media, give us lots of love. And I'm going to give you a word of the week, which you are going to send me on social media so I know you listened all the way to the end. And the word of the week is Viola.
That's right, Grandma Viola. So make sure you come back next week because we're going to have another great guest on Cannabis Confidential. Till then, over and out. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.